from the heart of Port Melbourne, Radiant Soul Yoga presents Radiant Conversations. Join Danielle Joan as she gets up close and personal with our beautiful community as we reflect on life on and off the mat. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Radiant Conversations. I'm your host, Danielle Joan, and today I'm speaking with meditation teacher and mental health nurse, Vivian Law. Vivian is holding our Meditation 101 course in August 2022 this year, and I thought it would be nice to sit down and chat formally to her and introduce her to the Radiant world. Of course, in this episode, we talk about all things meditation and her upcoming course, but we move beyond this to her work as a mental health nurse and try not to take the work home with her. The pressures and the lies we all put on ourselves. How empathy and compassion are two qualities that never go out of fashion and much, much more. (laughs) Well, Vivian, welcome to Radiant Conversations. It's very exciting. It's uh, been a while since I've been behind the microphone, so it's nice to reactivate the podcast with your good self to talk about all things Vivian Law and that you're doing in the studio and beyond. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm not going to lie. Who doesn't love talking about themselves? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, um, you've been a nice little addition to Radiant. Whilst you're not really on the schedule, you've got a very important and very cool course coming up. So we'll get to that a little bit later. Basically, tell us about Vivian. Oh gosh, where to start? Well, I, in recent times, really since COVID, I've started to try and introduce myself in a different way. Not I'm Vivian, I work as a nurse, you know, that's, they're Mm. all the things that I do, but I suppose who I am is, well, I'm 31 years young and I am a Taurus. I learnt last year that I'm a manifesting generator. Mm-hmm. That's been quite liberating too, just mm-hmm. learning a bit more about human design and what that means and I suppose how I function in the world. So, yeah, that's really interesting. And, well, I love dogs. I mean, I actually have two rabbits as well, so I love rabbits as well. But How many dogs do you have? We have one. Okay. Yeah, so the rabbits enough. are outnumbering the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he won't. He won't admit that. But uh, yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so definitely an animal lover. Um, I enjoy long walks along Sandringham Beach area, or mm. well, really any beach. But lucky enough to live in Sandringham, so. it is nice being in walking distance, or at least yeah. you know a short trip distance to Absolutely. a bed of water. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. feel more alive, even in the winter, even when it's like mm. depths of winter, cold, it's still so lovely to just go for a walk along the beach yeah. and fresh air and yeah. Yeah, yeah, be connected to water. <laughs> yeah, big reason why I'm a south side girl for life. Mm. <laughs> That's it, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Please don't make me move north side. <laughs> you, can, you can tempt me with mountains and like cool trendy places like yeah. Brunswick, but no. Nah. Uh, I really, <laughs> I really love to have all the yeah. Brunswick north side stuff going on, but nah. south side. Love the beach. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. But uh, yeah, so what else about me? Who am I? That's a great question. (laughs) Well, I find the professional side of yourself quite fascinating. A mental Mm. health nurse. Mm. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, so it's it's not exactly the path that I had set out for myself. Um, I suppose my professional life began 
as does most people when you finish school and you don't know what to do. But I, um, I always knew that I wanted to go into some sort of healthcare. I started with nutrition. Um, I completed my Bachelor of Nutritional Therapy. Mm-hmm. It was a three-year degree and then worked in health foods and uh, at a health food store for a year and then realised, nah, this is not where I want to be. I was quite lost and just took another few years off. I actually worked as a travel agent <laughs> for three and a half years. Um, saw a lot of countries, had yeah, a great good time. Good discounts. Absolutely, yeah. I kind of didn't make the most of it though because when I was working there, I was working really hard and then I had to, yeah, I had to wait until I was out of the industry to really kind yeah, of enjoy that. It's but the catch-22. Yeah, yeah, just sending people on their merry way on holidays. So nursing came along actually when I was away. Um, I spent five months away, I think it was 2013. And I, when I was in Southern Africa, I met two ladies. We were volunteering um, and I was just volunteering as I suppose as a, as an aide, just helping everyone else out who was <laughs> well and truly qualified. But I met these nurses and they were talking about what they do and I thought, I think that that's where I'm supposed to be, just in this field where you can really go anywhere, you're not just locked into one area. And so then, yeah, I came home, uh, worked for another year to save up all the money that I'd spent <laughs> on the holidays <laughs> and eventually then went uh, applied for nursing and uh, got in, completed three years of study, only to then... <laughs> just go into a box. <laughs> I went into mental health nursing and I haven't looked back. I, a lot of people were like, why would you leave general nursing? But uh, no, mental health is really special. I think mm. anyone can take a blood pressure. Anyone can give someone antibiotics, but not everyone can sit with people at what is possibly their darkest moment or the hardest point in their lives and just be there and hold space for them. So mm. um, it's given me a greater appreciation for that saying don't judge a book by its cover you just never really know what people are going through or what's going on behind closed doors yeah and so it's it's a very special job really it's quite a privilege to be working with people uh, in that space mm. and yeah that kind of kick-started meditation and everything because I really needed something for myself because at times it's a very heavy job <laughs> yep um but yeah no I love it I don't think I'll ever leave it um, I might change where I work and like the types of mental health nursing that I do but I, I don't think that I'll actually ever leave it yeah so, wow yeah. so what does a shift look like mm. being a mental health nurse so I work um, for a private hospital mm-hmm. so I work both in inpatient unit so a, a standard shift would look like coming in getting handover sort of finding out who your allocation is and just you know what's been going on for them for the last 24 hours and just a brief history as well Going around, meeting everyone, <laughs> just making sure that your face is known, they know who to come to. Um, we sort of do check-ins. It depends on what people have going on. So if they're in for a treatment program, their days might actually already be quite full. They might have been talked out. They're just, they're just really wanting to sort of rest and don't need too much from you. But at least you're there. Um, yeah. You're there to support them if they ever need to talk or if they need to say they're kind of moving outside of their window of tolerance and you're just there to facilitate them getting back in and getting comfortable, uh, what we call regulated. Yeah, dispensing medications. So there's a lot of sort of usual nursing things, but the difference is that those things that we think of as a nurse, like antibiotics or IV and stuff, that's just replaced with being there available for chats, for education, Mm -hmm. um, just really just being a friendly face as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Wow. It's a very social position, I suppose. Yeah, and it, it does sound like it's hard to put 
kind of a title or a kind of mm. job description around it as well because you yeah. mentioned that it's really just holding space which is yeah. you know in the yoga biz and mm. meditation biz that's what we do as well so that's it's a really interesting role in a hospital mm. in, like medical profession I'm, I'm really interested by it yeah there's definitely also the admin side I probably haven't oh, talked much with about everything <laughs> all the paperwork and um yeah the, the hospital that I work at we um we have things like ECT TMS so these are treatments for depression and other mood disorders as well um so people will receive that treatment and we take care of them when they return to the ward yeah so that's suppose a little bit just making sure that people are where they need to be yeah <laughs> as well a bit of coordination and the other facet of my job is that I work in day program, uh, which is group therapy, mm-hmm. uh, as most will probably know it. And that's where I, as a nurse, I'll actually facilitate the groups, teach people skills, try and facilitate some discussion, uh, get people to think about these skills in their own life, you know, give them some home practices, and then we come back again the next week and sort of move on in the content. And yeah, so I, I teach in day program what's called DBT, so Dialectical Behavioural Therapy. Um, which is a very it's great because it's a mindfulness based course (laughs) so I really enjoy that Um, but there's a lot of practical skills as well as some concepts and things like that which people can integrate into their lives and I also teach acceptance and commitment therapy which is a great one Um, yeah so these little elements of psychology so it's never just being a nurse so you're almost like an OT you're a social worker you're a psychologist sort of all in one without mm. having to have done all those degrees. <laughs> <laughs> Just pulling in what you need yeah. at that particular yeah. moment. Yeah, it's very fascinating. I um, hadn't really heard about that as a job until you mm. came into my world. So it's been fascinating for me to just yeah. kind of learn about it. And I just like that that role exists. It's good. Yeah, it's a very special role and mm. definitely a special group of people that I work with. So. Yeah. Yeah. So being a mental health nurse led you to then do meditation as a practice for yourself Mm. and then from there, as we know it, we become teachers. That's it. (laughs) And you find something you like and you're like, everyone should know this. Yeah, it turns to work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I started my career in mental health nursing in 2020, which most people will probably know that it's the year that everything changed. Mm. And uh, I started in February and sort of what I noticed was that, yeah, it's very me to just like dive in and just want to learn everything and just you know I suppose what's the expression come out of the gut like the gates racing I don't know some kind of like yeah. just expression out of the gates racing <laughs> guns racing a bull in a china shop that's yeah. what people have used to refer to me <laughs> and uh yeah I just knew that okay there's going to be some times where I'm going to need to just rest which is something I was never really good at do something for myself also so that I'm not bringing some of the heavier things home because in the position that I am sometimes I do hear things and just you do have to hold space for people for circumstances that you know I I don't wish that anyone to go through Um, and so just not taking that home and I found I found the Calm app and I started listening to uh, their sleep stories Mm -hmm. (laughs) Matthew McConaughey has the dreamiest voice (laughs) Yeah, and then I started to explore outside of that and, well, what is meditation? I had previously tried yoga and I was one of those people that felt like, ah, oh, I'm not good at it, so I won't I won't <laughs> keep at it. I'm not flexible enough, all those kind of really typical... Likely stories. Yeah, yep. yeah. And uh, But I found that I sunk into meditation. Like, is it not that it's easy. I definitely didn't find it easy, but I was like, oh, okay, this is something I can do. Like, all you need is just your attention and you mm. showing up, so... Oh, and there's no flexibility in, involved. 
And <laughs> I just found it really refreshing. Like it was almost as if like taking a nap. Mm. I mean, not that you actually sleep, but just that break, that pause that it gives you. Suddenly you're a little more re-energised. You've got a greater perspective as well um, going out into your day. And I just found that I was less reactive at work too. Um, not that I'm an awful person to work with, <laughs> like that, but yeah, sometimes you, when things go wrong, your your instinct is mm. what you know, and yeah. that just suddenly was like what, <laughs> just a bit calmer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I found meditation and then brought in a daily practice, um, which was always ten minutes uh, on the Calm app, and then I started to explore outside of that. Um, someone introduced me to Insight Timer and explored with that as well, and went into longer practices, and then eventually. I started to teach people that as well. Mm. So I ran little stretch and meditate sessions online throughout the pandemic mm-hmm. um, just for family and friends or whoever wanted to join. And actually it was really cute. I ended up, because I would put it on Eventbrite, and it got to the point where this there was this lady from the UK who would join in as well. It was morning for her and she would join in and there was a man from Japan as well, which was just so cool. And it was something as simple as just opening up the body like just moving for a little while and then just arriving into stillness and there's this moment to yourself and people loved it and I just loved that people loved it Mm -hmm. as much as I did so (laughs) yeah I thought there's got to be something in this I think maybe this is you know everyone's like this is what I was supposed to be doing or what I was put on the earth to do yeah as much as I love nursing yeah I wasn't sure that it was my thing um, whereas this this something in me ignited and I was like, I think that this was my life's purpose. You know, our yeah. purpose is always to serve and I think that this is how I'm going to serve. So that was really nice. And yeah, eventually I went on and did my teacher training and here mm. we are. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love the evolution of your work, right? And like mm. leaving high school and not necessarily knowing where to go and it just kind of evolves into what it is that you are today. And I think that's a really important lesson for anyone, mm. especially kids leaving high school, that it's you don't have to know what you're doing. Yeah. I didn't I'm def I didn't kind of go, I'm gonna be a yoga teacher. When no. I left school, it was just kind of that natural evolution that brought me here. And I think that's really nice because it, mm. it shows your truth. That's like it. it it reveals your truth mm. and what you are at the core as well. That's it. Yeah. My mum came to a class that I was uh, teaching. It was like a special event and around mindful self-compassion and whatnot. So she came along, which was really lovely. And at the end she goes, I just didn't know you had this in you. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thanks, mum. <laughs> she goes, you know, you always, you were always very feisty, something to that effect. And I was like, yep, <laughs> this is the real, like the real Viv or maybe Viv 2.0 coming through. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's um, so beautiful. Yeah, it's really sweet. And I'm like, thanks, mum. Yeah. <laughs> maybe <laughs> I don't know, it's, a, it's kind of a it's a backhanded compliment but uh <laughs> yeah well it's it's like that it's a revelation I and mean, you have to get real with yourself like yeah. oh is that how you saw me like mm. did, and that, that's that how I knew myself too yeah like, I'm yeah I have no shame in saying that like it, again not that I was never a nice person always a nice person but just very reactive and yeah, it's that tourist maybe, I don't know. It's the bull in the china shop, just yeah. really go, 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 yeah. get feisty. Um, but, yeah, we have our we have our nice traits too. <laughs> yes, when I started teaching yoga, I remember someone that I used to work with, uh, they were like, oh, that suits you so much, like teaching yoga. I'm like, oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah. It was like the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's so it. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, 
I am the yogi. Mm. <laughs> and, it, and it feels good, doesn't it? Like yeah. you find something and people see that in you. Yeah. They see that you're doing well and you're like, yeah, but I, f- I feel good when I do this. Mm. And the people, the energy in the room is just really lovely and yeah, yeah. it's nice. Well, even as you said before, when you meet people and they're like, this is exactly what I'm meant to be doing. Mm. When I got radiant owning that and doing all the things I'm like this is exactly what I'm meant Mm. to be doing and like every pieces in the puzzle all landed yeah and like that was my moment of like oh Mm. this is what I'm meant to be doing it's cool it's a really uh established feeling Mm. yeah Yeah, good on you you can tell because it's like the space shines it's everyone's met with warmth when they walk in there Mm. you can just yeah you can see it yeah. Oh, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> um, you mentioned something about what you've just learned about yourself, the manifesting generator. Mm. What's that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. So anyone out there who knows human design, please hold space for me because it's still a uh, it's it's still a journey. <laughs> but uh, last year, a friend of mine, Kayla, she read my human design. So she's all experienced in it. Human design is seen as this like imprint as to who you are. So it's something that I think, correct me if I'm wrong, people out there, but uh, it's it's come about by the time of your birth. And I think there's another date before that as well. It's just some sort of calculation and it's an imprint of who you are. So personality, certain traits like how you learn, how you work, um, even the types of, I suppose, fields of work that you go into. Um, that's really me kind of very simplifying it, but and to my understanding. But a manifesting generator is essentially this personality type that thrives off different things and it's okay to change your mind. Mm-hmm. And that, that was really interesting because for a long time I would hold the view of, no, you've got to stick this out because you studied for it or, mm. you know, you told people that you wanted to do this and now you don't. And, yeah, I would feel a lot of guilt around that because I'm like, oh, you just got to stick at it like everyone else does. But now I've learned that that's not me and it's okay to move and shift and mm. try different things and and I suppose that's what I like about working for myself now because I am trying a few different things yeah. and I'm still working as a nurse and I love that too and yeah I just feel like I'm thriving because I am in many different places and I'm sure people on the outside will probably like gosh how do you handle that like you're in all these different places and even my partner said to me yesterday he's like I don't know when you're working I'm like neither do I <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so I suppose that gives you a bit of a taste as to what a manifesting generator is like that's yeah. kind of the area that I've really explored is like how it impacts my work and what mm. I choose to do um there's many different uh fields that that could go into yeah. and I'm sure a human design expert can speak to that <laughs> <laughs> no I think it's a it's like it's a nice exercise to do to understand mm. your own habitual kind of patterns and things like that yeah. and what what leads you to what and what interests you and where your flow is as well because yeah we we can't all be in a box and we Mm. need we don't all have one job and it's Mm. nice to kind of understand why we might need to have fingers in pies or just doing different things to satisfy different corners of our life and our design have you had yours read no I haven't but I sounds familiar I have you know a variety of things going on and (laughs) as your partner would say to you, mine would say the same. When are you working? What is work? What isn't work? <laughs> I, I don't know sometimes. So, but that's like life by design. It's nice to just kind of flow and like the work stuff. Yeah, there's admin, but still it's kind of fun. Mm, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, you find your groove. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, very cool. Well, I mentioned earlier you've got the 
meditation course coming up at Radiant um, in August for those listening prior to August. Uh, <laughs> for those after August, you know, still nice to listen. Yeah. Maybe we'll do it again sometime or it'll come up in a different dimension and place. But um, tell us about that course. Yeah, beautiful. So it's going to be where it is, four weeks, running across to August from the 7th to the 28th, every Sunday in the afternoon. And really what this course is about is bringing it, just stripping meditation right back. So as I mentioned before with my views on or how I used to perceive yoga, a lot of people perceive meditation as this thing that they can't do. And particularly around, oh, I can't still my mind. And you know what? It's okay. You actually, you don't have to do anything. Minds don't go still. No. (laughs) They're meant to be thinking. Yeah, that's it. That's the way we're wired. And if we didn't think, oh my goodness, I would hate to think of what would happen if we didn't think. Um, Mm. (laughs) Safety. Um, But yeah, so this course is really around bringing it back to basics. Well, what is meditation? What's the essence of it? There's still going to be elements of spirituality, but really bringing it back to what it can do for us. So what's the physiological and psychological benefits? How does meditation actually work? Like how does it interact with the inner workings of our mind and how to actually do it? So yes. a, lot, a lot of people just really struggle in creating their own uh, independent practice and, and I can understand that. It's a new skill and particularly if you are trying to navigate monkey mind and all sorts of things, distractions, uh, yeah, that can be particularly tricky. So we uncover that. There's a lot of um, science, behaviour change, as well as bringing in all those fundamentals of meditation uh things like the different modalities you know yoga nidra versus mindfulness meditation we break down what those are and what is my favorite part is we'll delve into the attitudes of mindfulness and meditation so well what does it actually mean to practice patience and acceptance Mm. and non-judgment you know it's not just things that we say as teachers just to sound fancy (laughs) there's a reason we're saying you know can you do this without some judgment and what could that be like so yeah, there's many different areas and we'll uncover each of those and maybe a couple each week. There's going to be lots of practice time as well so you can receive that feedback in real time um, if you have questions. And the thing I love about a group setting too is that people can learn from one another. Mm, that's one of my favourite things yeah. about in-person teacher trainings as yeah. well is that you get that learned experience from other people because we're all interesting people coming with experience and stories to tell and we can learn from each other so that's great yeah and people don't feel so alone when it's not going to plan yeah Yeah. and in a program that I've previously run people were saying oh I'm just so distracted the dog wants to jump on my lap and someone else in the room will pep up and go yeah mine too (laughs) and you're like your experience is is not in isolation you know there's so many other people that are going through that and I think when we normalize that meditation doesn't seem so daunting so mm. yeah that's really that's really special yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what does a practice a daily practice look like for you mm. great question <laughs> oh your <laughs> eyes just lit up you're <laughs> excited about this question <laughs> I am because I recently got this beautiful yoga nidra mat so uh, it seems very fitting in winter it's all about like you know rest restoration just going inward and uh yeah, really resting and nurturing yourself. And I, I feel like I've been doing that on my new yoga nidra mat, <laughs> having mm-hmm. nidra naps. Um, but my daily practice generally is in the morning. Mm-hmm. I have found through many a trial and error that evenings just don't really work. And I'll speak to this more in the course, but I actually don't believe in using meditation as a way of going to sleep because it's, mm-hmm. it's actually about waking up. It's about yep. waking up to what's going on in here and around you, within you. So my daily practice is in the morning, uh, usually around 20 minutes thereabouts, but 
honestly, if it's a busy day, if I anticipate that there's going to be things on life is life, 10 minutes is fine. And even if you do two five-minute periods, that's fine too. And then some days I actually won't practice at all because I either something in my morning has changed, (laughs) you know, life has occurred. But yeah, for the most part, it's daily and it's 20 minutes is my ideal. I do love a guided practice. I love being led. Mm -hmm. Although I have experimented with silent sits, so silent just by myself. When the season changes, it gets warmer again. I'll start doing that again outside. I actually enjoy just sitting on the bench. Yeah. 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 Sort of head, like eyes closed, but heads kind of tilted up to the sky and you just letting all the goodness Mm. in (laughs) it's lovely so yeah morning 20 minutes um I've got my favorite chair Um, (laughs) I made a deal with myself last year that I would actually buy myself a nice little meditation chair I've always wanted an armchair and if I had just completed my gratitude journal for a week or two (laughs) I'd set myself initially a week and I actually ended up doing like two weeks every day and then I rewarded myself with the chair so (laughs) it's become my little meditation space and the Nidra Nat is a now new addition. Lovely. lovely. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah. that's wonderful that you've got your, your setup. Mm. I think that's really important just to make the ritual and yeah. make it feel like you're doing meditation or you're, you're taking that's that time it. out from whatever else it was mm. and not just kind of sitting down and being like, okay, I'm meditating Yeah, in the same it. room that I'm yeah. always watching TV or <laughs> something like that, you know. You're actually creating a little bit of separation to mm. separate the mind as well. That's it, coming into a whole new space. And yeah. yeah, so I'm, I'm very lucky to have that, which is yes. yeah, it's lovely. Yeah. And I always close my practice with some kind of recognition or um, expression of gratitude. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't tend to say it out loud too often, but it's really just thanking this higher power for everything, my health, my home, my loved ones, and even that practice in itself, because even if it wasn't perfect, what's perfect is that I've shown up to do it. Like that's enough. That can showing be enough. up is yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah, it's easy to skip and mm. not be there for yourself, or take yeah. that time and just be like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't that's matter. It. But it's, that's it, it really bit makes a big difference if you just show up for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And even like you said, you've rewarded yourself with your meditation chair after doing mm. your gratitude journal for a couple of weeks. Like that's a really nice way to mm. kind of visualize and feel and yeah. kind of make it seem like you're actually doing like stepping in the right direction and things like that with it as well and that's right yeah it's yeah. good to see that the teacher does that as well <laughs> and not just you know it's practicing and you know preaching what you preach and things like that it's good yeah after time after doing it so so often or so regularly and building up that consistent practice you realize what it does for you and that's enough to bring you back so I don't hold tight to oh, and my alarm goes off at 7am and I'm straight in that room. I, I go loose with that. If I'm hungry, I'm going to eat first. It's fine. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, um, it's something that I, I want to go to. Um, that's the most important thing is that, yeah, I've cultivated this practice that I want to come to and, yeah, the rest will fall into place. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Mm. You spoke about days that you don't do it mm. and I know that you said to me a few weeks ago as well that you know there was a weekend you went away and you were like mm. I'm not going to meditate <laughs> how hard was that like do you feel guilty at all or do you feel like where does that come from yeah so I think if you'd asked me last year I definitely would have said yeah I felt guilty yeah. <laughs> because at that time my practice I was view- viewing it as something that I needed to do and Really, it was actually uh, the silent retreat that's just kind of... I did that in April, a, a five-day mm. silent retreat from home mm. as well, which, Ooh. yeah, we can go into that. <laughs> we will. Yeah, so when I did that, I developed this 
different I mean there was a lot of resistance but I developed a different relationship with my meditation practice and I found that really profound and maybe it's because of the teacher that I had as well um you know she was like oh look we don't do it every day sometimes stuff happens and it can be okay and I went yeah it can be mm-hmm. you know in my mindfulness teachings um particularly at work and in, in a course that I run I always talk about like the cake and the sponge cake you know the sponge is just this inevitable pain that we will experience as humans and that's just it's loss or it's breakdown of relationships all these things that just happens in over the human timeline and then we've got the icing which is what we call suffering and that's what we add for ourselves things like guilt or beating ourselves up if we don't come through or you know that inner critic coming out and if we feed into that or if we let that grow rather than just kind of letting it be to one side that's just adding a weight of pain that we just don't need and and that's what I found like in the silent retreat there was so much going on in five days but that's what I realised I was adding on to myself. I'm like, you don't need this. As in, I don't need this suffering, I don't need this guilt tripping or this critic telling me how things should be. They just are, you know, Um, and definitely control the controllable. And so I try and start my day in a similar format so I do get my practice, but it's not always going to be that way. And life's about enjoying the moment. And so that weekend that, yeah, we spoke about where I didn't do it, I chose to enjoy my weekend in other ways. I enjoyed having time with my partner, which I don't think that we've had a weekend, a full weekend together in that way for a long, long time, just with shift work and classes and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I chose to just be there. And even though I wasn't formally meditating, I still took my book and sat in a chair and just looked at the hills and that kind of thing. It's still a form of mindfulness practice, which was nurturing the soul. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I can give an example. Yesterday, I actually spent a couple of hours baking. I made rolls and cheesecake which I haven't made in months actually I haven't made a cheesecake in years so that was three hours in the kitchen which was filling my cup uh, and that was on a morning where I didn't meditate and that's okay I still went to bed and I'm okay yeah. I'm alive and breathing yeah you know yeah so no. it comes in many forms that's it yeah. that's it and you know and then today I did and it was wonderful it felt good to be back yeah. so yeah just making it enjoyable something you want to come back to is the key for me everyone's different though that's the key to keep me um committed yeah well there's heaps Mm. of different ways that you can meditate and Mm. it doesn't have to be sitting in a chair or anything like that like you know of all the things there is something for everybody yeah matt my partner he'll always say that his meditation is sitting on the couch watching stories like (laughs) Uh-huh, cool. But, you know, whatever works and whatever works in telling yourself that. That's right. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. My yeah. partner is like well, walking the dog or uh, what does he do? It's just meditation, I suppose. Yeah. He just finds something else. Yeah. That's, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Five-day silent retreat mm-hmm. at home. I'm, I'm guessing that you weren't at home by yourself? No. So I live with my partner yeah. and my dog, my two rabbits and uh, – <laughs> Yeah, so I suppose start, starting from the beginning, you want to know how I managed? <laughs> yeah, because like I talk to myself a lot and, you know, my my dear cat, when I had a cat, like mm. I talked to her, so I just, and obviously Matt, I talked to him <laughs> and some help her, like I just don't know how I would do that in my own surroundings. Yes, it was tricky. Um, so we were given... The, the silent retreat was supposed to draw sort of it was a mindful self-compassion retreat it was uh, focusing on the areas of 
like equanimity, compassion, kindness. And it was a retreat that brought people in from sort of all over. So we had like Singapore, the US. It was just really lovely. Yeah. Yeah. And our meditation hall was Zoom. (laughs) So we would log on. (laughs) Um, I'm fortunate enough that the teachers were based in Thailand and Australia. So it was nicely compatible with Melbourne time. Um, Was this during lockdown? No, this was April this year. Okay. So we were out and about. I know, why would I do that to myself? <laughs> Lock myself down. <laughs> Add an extra layer of complexity on this thing, yeah. <laughs> That's right. So we um, we started out, it was a Thursday morning, log on, I think about 9, 9.30, thereabouts. And we would have two hours of formal time with the teachers and that would be like a 30-minute sit and then a 30-minute um, maybe walking meditation. So you could move away from the screen or you could take them with you if you had your phone but they recommended just keep them on the laptop and you can sort of come and go but it was alternating between sitting and walking meditations or um, movement-based practices mm-hmm. so we also did a bit of hatha yoga mm-hmm. as well which was lovely but yeah it was mostly silent sits which is something that I hadn't really explored I think I dabbled a little bit with um, some music uh, in the background but I've never practiced in silence like complete silence and <laughs> true to form day one I wasn't organized I'd like I hadn't done any washing I'd done no cooking we actually had nothing to eat that night and so in the uh we had our formal time of two hours and then you were given an hour to an hour and a half break and then you were back on zoom again and then off again it was very sort of back and forth so the informal time they're like all right now just sit down and eat mindfully you know all that kind of stuff and I'm like I don't even have any food so I'm gonna have to go to the supermarket but the, the, I suppose the rules, I'll say rules, but they're just recommendations, was that if you need to speak, just speak what's essential. You don't mm-hmm. have to go into detail. So if you live with someone else and they ask you a question which is important for the you know normal functioning of the house, that's fine. Just answer that. But don't go into depth about how your day was, how you're finding this. Just try and leave that till yeah. after wow. the retreat. So Ben and I would speak, you know, what do you want for dinner? that kind of thing um and I would talk to the rabbits (laughs) I just had to you know can't go in there and feed them and not say hello but yeah I still got out I still went to the shops and came back and did all that kind of thing and even when I was walking around because you were encouraged to do walking meditations just even smiling at people and just acknowledging that way you still felt this sense of connection Mm. you weren't completely alone it was definitely hard hard when it got hard uh, there was. I remember on day two, I was incredibly tired. Um, I didn't sleep well the night before, and I started to get just, I suppose, yeah, upset, Viv, <laughs> just really agitated, and I wasn't focusing on the practice. It just felt like a circle or this, like a hurricane of thoughts, and I just could not, like, I would find my breath, and then I'd lose it within like one count, or and it just kept going, and I was starting to just get really frustrated, going you can do better than this, like all the things that I would never say to someone else um, was saying to myself and it got really hard and eventually I just, I had to get up and I had to go and wash my face and at that point, that that just happened to be when Ben was walking past me and he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, (laughs) but I can't talk about it. (laughs) So I washed my face, come back in, sit back down and then then was okay and just journaled it all out. But by day... I think it was halfway through day three, day four and day five. I loved it. Mm -hmm. I had turned a corner. um, And it was really interesting because when we were allowed to speak and we got put into little breakout rooms on Zoom and you could converse with other people and talk about your experience, everyone went through that same, like it might not have looked the same, but everyone went through a moment where we're just like packing this in. I can't do it. (laughs) 
Um, so that was really comforting, uh, I suppose, knowing that you're not alone. And uh, yeah, it was a great experience. Mm. Different, I think different to what it would be like if you were in person because if you're sitting and practising with other people, you are still getting their energy. Yeah. And if there's majority of the people in the room who are feeling good and I suppose, you know, you can feed off that, but then also if you can sense that someone's having a bit of a difficult time like yourself, you yeah, you're not isolated. It's just the in-person retreats, I suppose, just offer that energy exchange, which yeah. is nice um, when you're on Zoom. See these little faces. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, all up most, to you. Mostly lunch. Yeah. yeah. So it was hard but good. So rewarding. Mm. I, yeah. I, I sort of learned a little bit more about these concepts which I teach and just went, ah, yeah. Okay. Because mm. this, this is what it's like or what it can be like to be self compassionate. Yeah. Yeah. Take off that layer of suffering. You don't yes. need that icing bib. <laughs> Too much icing. Stop nothing against toppings on. That's it. Nothing against <laughs> icing. I mean, I love, love some icing, but yeah, we just don't need so much of it. So yeah, yeah, it was a good learning curve. Yeah, I've always wanted yeah. to do vipassana, and um, I, you know, it's just about kind of oh, when could I do that? Ten mm. days. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, that's kind of what I'm battling in my head yeah. of like, I have to be able to find ten days to take off. That's it be cool with taking 10 days off and mm. you know the world will return afterwards and I'll be fine yeah that's it it's interesting because the teacher who ran this one um Tina she she's based in Adelaide and she actually runs monthly three-hour silent retreats so Ooh, I could do that yeah they're so good um on zoom on a Sunday morning something like that Ooh, so great. which is really lovely I'll link you in yes <laughs> beautiful I could do that Sunday yeah. morning three hours nothing that's <gasps> it yeah I'm so excited and you can be in your own space and that's actually like probably my biggest takeaway was my relationship to my home like I I think just discovering little like the beauty or and even just that appreciation of your home Mm. like I mean yeah even in gratitude journals you'll write down I'm thankful for the roof over my head but in those five days I was really thankful like I'd created a little sanctuary um even the courtyard just became really special because you could see all the birds and the sun and the yeah it was just lovely just very, very different experience mm. to a in-person retreat. So. Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love that. That's a little hot tip for me to go on the to-do list. <laughs> I love that so much. So who are some favourite teachers of yours or people that you've learned from? Mm. I learned from – I really – I learned from anyone that I listen to. So uh, anyone that uh, who guides the meditation, I, I just really love that. I love – I think I've, I get my creativity hearing other people just like, like really bask in theirs. So I'm like, oh, mm. yes, I can, I can feel you feeling that. Um, but as far as like teachers, it's really been Tara Brock and Kristen Neff, particularly around that work of self-compassion. And I know you've probably heard me say this so much on this <laughs> podcast. But uh, yeah, that really changed things for me because we really don't have to be so hard on ourselves. And it just gave me like a new facet a new area of meditation to explore Mm. and one that's actually been really (laughs) life-changing and given me a greater appreciation for other people as well we're just I've sort of learned a little bit more about empathy and compassion and what that actually means Mm. (laughs) um so yeah they're probably my biggest teachers uh which has been lovely as I'm now moving into mindful self-compassion teaching as well I have a teacher and mentor Sasha Stewart she's wonderful um, she's, uh, I, I think like 
a lot of her recordings are around like manifestation and creativity and really just finding that you in there and so yeah that's always like a, a really nice inspiring listen and that's an area that I've often found a little bit difficult to tap into mm-hmm. um yeah I, I'm more of that I suppose a methodical mindfulness meditation kind of person <laughs> and so that's just given me something new as well and they're probably my big three yeah. at the moment yeah definitely there's probably millions more it's, it's nice yeah. to see how you know one person comes in and steers you in this direction and then you kind of go a little bit to the side with that one and it really carves out your own niche with the people that you learn from or kind of listen to as well absolutely yeah absolutely. so you've got recordings on insight timer mm. yeah. <laughs> yes. how do you like being on there it's interesting, actually. I um, joined the Insight Timer community in May last year and it's gone really well. It's quite funny. My most listened to recording is probably my worst work as far as <laughs> editing and all that kind of Like, I'm not an audio engineer, as we were talking about before this. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast has made me become an audio engineer and <laughs> online yoga. I know know as much as I need to know good <laughs> let's keep it there <laughs> so so yeah that, and that, that yeah that seems to be the one that people love I mean it's a great practice I just yeah I think I need to go back in and just it's, rejig it it's so funny though <laughs> because that's the way it works mm. it's like it is the worst work that yeah. you know you're like oh, I'll just put it up because I need to and then I'll come back to it later and yeah. then it's got you know, all the love and nobody cares as well. Like yeah. nobody cares about the things that you're beat up about, about mm. what may, might make it less quality compared to other things. Absolutely. So, yeah, it, really it doesn't is, matter. It is what it is. comparison thing. It is what it is. Yeah. So, no, got, I've got a couple of things on there. Uh, for a while I was doing Inside Timer Lives as well. Mm. So um, just people could jump in and listen to me lead the practice live uh, online. The only thing I will say is it's a bit sad is that you can't see who you're leading. <laughs> yeah. It's like a one-way sort of I can see myself, which I'm like, eh, I don't really need that. <laughs> I'd love to see the faces on the uh, other side. But do you not get little icons of the people that have come up? Teeny tiny, tiny little, little icons. icons. Yeah. And they say hello at times, oh, which is really lovely. That's nice. Um, so, yeah, it's nice. It's it's a great community. It's big yeah. now. It's really it's big. really big. Almost a bit overwhelming if people are starting out there for the first time, like even just as a – as a listener like mm. knowing what to practice and things like yeah. that can be a bit daunting but yeah it's yeah it's a wonderful wonderful platform so I found it to be really good mm. I um, use it I don't do many guided meditations but I, mm. I sit by myself with a mantra or breath mm. and things like that that's what pleases my mind with good. meditation yeah but yeah. the timer the insight timer the timer mm. part of insight timer oh I love that yeah the dongs at the end the gong it's lovely Set it to however long you need. Yeah, yeah I've got like 30 presets. <laughs> <laughs> I've even used the um, – because I really like Chris Collins. Mm-hmm. His music is divine. Mm. Um, and I'll even put that in – say I'm at work and I just need to put my head down because I, I love chatting, <laughs> so I need to like, cut myself off. <laughs> I just put that on and just tune out or tune out of sort of the background noise and um, do work. And so that's – yeah, there's – Lots and lots of different things that people can tap into. There's talks and, yeah, all sorts of stuff. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And I enjoy – actually, you were asking about teachers before. I enjoy Zoe Kanat's Yoga Nidra. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I've been trying to incorporate that more into my practice as well. Yeah, we're big fans of Yoga Nidra around <sighs> this joint. Yeah, it's just – So beneficial. Dor- bloody nice to mm. just settle. Yeah. 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 And I suppose, like, you were saying about mantras – kind of it tickles your fancy yeah I do find I'm like yes I can hold this like with that body scan element I'm like I can I can stay here this Mm. is yeah 
getting into comfort zone, which is great. Um, yeah, it's yeah. A lovely practice. So. Yeah, it's finding like what really kind of gets you off with meditation yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know as, as soon as I go yeah. in yoga nidra like the body scan around it's usually like the right hand side like hip I'm like out yeah <laughs> I'm like I am happy I'm blissed out yeah it doesn't take me long to get into it <laughs> that's it that's it so what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned I, I did have a little we think about this ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, I don't just leave everybody high and dry here. I give them a little bit of heads up. Because <laughs> I was like, oh gosh, what am I going to respond with? Something really deep and meaningful. And actually the first thing that came to mind was, remember when you were travelling in South America and you didn't hire the sleeping bag, you just took your own and then you froze your ass off for like five days? Yeah, always go with what people recommend. If people know something, like, okay, so in mm. South America it was like, zero degrees and I thought that my sleeping bag went to like a negative 10 no it was plus 10 like 10 degrees Celsius <laughs> and so I was trekking and I was freezing at night and that was really wonderful I was wearing all my clothes but uh yeah so just like a Melbourne winter yeah just always take people's advice <laughs> if, if you don't know yeah uh, maybe that's my life lesson uh, that's a good one actually because it can come Sometimes we don't want to hear people's advice or recommendations. We kind of get pig-headed and we can be like, oh, what do they know? I know better than that. Yeah, the ego gets up and goes, I don't need this. And I'm like, ego, (laughs) Mm. you do. (laughs) You really need to be warm. (laughs) The travel agent didn't bring the sleeping bag, (laughs) the right sleeping bag. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully you didn't give out that advice. (laughs) No, that was before I was a travel agent. I'm like, oh, okay, take the lesson. (laughs) Learn from experience, Mm. take the sleeping bag. That's it. So no, that's um yeah, that was a bit of a haha life lesson. But um <laughs> my life lesson is just really that we are or we become what we think. That's something that has really grown on me in the last few years. Um but we don't have to be. We we don't have to subscribe to everything that's going on in here and I mean in, in the mind. We, we don't have to be any any of the things that we tell ourselves. Mm. Sometimes I think we get, well, not I think, I know. I know I get very critical. You get weighed in self-doubt. But that's only if you really, you can notice that and then move on. Um, you don't have to subscribe. I use that term subscribe because it mm. really is. You can follow that train of thought and let it take you somewhere, which is really unhelpful. Um, yeah, and it know. can be really hard to get out of that. Oh, yeah. Like get off that train as well. Mm. So like power to you when you actually do take the actions to get out of that yeah. you know, timely manner and not let it dwindle into anything more as well because that's it. it's natural as well. Mm. We have highs and lows. Yeah. But we just got to check in and make sure that those lows don't kind of go into those pivot points. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think the biggest life, life lesson is that we can really lie to ourselves. <laughs> we can really, uh, yeah, do ourselves that injustice of... Um, not yeah not seeing the full truth the full picture Mm. yeah and I suppose my actually I think this is probably my my real life lesson (laughs) my biggest life lesson is that nothing ever good comes from reacting (laughs) oh (laughs) I can really speak to this oh that feels like a layer of crap (laughs) off my shoulders it's so true (laughs) just and I suppose that speaks to the one of the biggest benefits that I found for me personally with meditation. You 
just pause, like just take a breath or two. This doesn't have to be a big deal or this doesn't have to be as anxiety provoking as it seems right now. It doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be anything that your mind is kind of conjuring it up to be. Just pause, take a few breaths, give yourself some space and gain that greater perspective. So just nothing good, in my experience anyway, nothing good comes from reacting. Um, I've learned that the hard way many a time. <laughs> yeah, reacting yeah. quickly, mm. no good. Except when you, I mean, when you need it, like... Yeah, yeah. You know, the glass <laughs> falls over. You got to get it before it falls on the computer. Yeah, you got to. That's it. That, that's a good reaction. But that's yeah, the, um, yeah, we can yeah. just try and fix and do straight away rather mm. than being a bit stepping back and mm. figuring it out. That's it. Yeah, and it's it's taught me like another lesson that silence is okay. Silence mm. doesn't mean that things aren't okay or something's wrong. Silence is just space to digest and process. And yeah, there's a lot of power in silence. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I really like silence. Here I am mm. trying to fill up the sound of my voice <laughs> so it's not silent. But, um, yeah, I'm a big fan of just hearing nothing. Oh. Yeah. It's it's something that's I, I've learned as, as I've gotten older. I don't want to say matured because if anyone really knew me, they'd be like, you're not mature. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, silence. And, and maybe I, I learned more of that in the silent retreat because mm. you didn't speak. I was just processing the mental chatter – and with nowhere to put it. And actually, that was kind of nice. Yeah. You don't need to say – not everything needs to be said. And coming from someone who just loves to talk, <laughs> it's – yeah, it can be really refreshing to not say anything. Yeah. Well, th- I think that's why I prefer, like, non-guided meditation as well because mm. I can just be with my own thoughts as yeah. well and just yeah. hear what I need to hear. Absolutely. Uh, but also some of my favourite classes are just ones that have got – a lot of space and less talking mm. like I don't need all of that all the time well that's it everyone's coming in with their own practice like yeah. we may all be practicing together but everyone's got their own thing their own intention or um, what they're wanting to get out of it and space and silence is nice mm. and yeah I've sort of learned that in you know mental health nursing as well you don't need to fill the silence sometimes it's nice to just be with people and I mean I know myself if sometimes if I'm having a bad day I don't need anyone to validate it or say anything you just want to ventilate something um Mm. and being met with that space or silence is actually nice it's very very nice yeah no one's trying to demand anything on top of you Mm. Mm. that's it It gives you room to process all of the thoughts as well and yeah Mm. just it's nice (laughs) what's a fun fact what's something that you can bring a little giggle onto everyone's ears about (laughs) yeah okay well something okay I suppose a fun fact uh is that I actually don't like tea or coffee I am probably the most unmeditation type meditation teacher (laughs) because everyone's like you want to try no no well I shouldn't say no I don't I mean I've tasted it and it's okay um but no I like hot milk is fine for me and water the plainest hang on do you do you have hot hot milk and hot water in together no goodness no 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 i just meant that my two beverages of choice is generally water (laughs) and just a glass of hot milk i will put something in it but even then i don't like a lot of chocolate the milk is the hero for me wow i know that's That's a part of my ritual my nightly ritual is that i'll have like a mug of hot milk with like a dash of malted milk or something or maybe dash of hot chocolate but yeah the milk is just nice it's fine by itself that's all right 
people don't give it enough attention. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my my mum doesn't drink tea or coffee, so I know that Mm. that's a a normal thing. People don't drink tea or coffee. It's okay. Well, people seem to be surprised. They're like, so what do you drink? Everything else. (laughs) (laughs) But those things. Well, another very interesting thing about me that no one would know if they were looking at me is that I'm actually missing, well, technically 1.5 teeth. Oh. <laughs> so one whole tooth and half of another. Yeah, so there, I have um, little fakies on my retainer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good party trick then, yes? Actually, I did go to a friend's 21st uh, birthday years and years and years back and it was a bogan party, so oh. I just took my retainer out for the night nice. and everyone was really like, wow, how did you do that? I'm like, eh, well, what I, I mean, fun fact about me as well, my two front teeth are fake too, but they're Ooh. like crowns yeah, because they're bad teeth, bad teeth over mm. here. But when I had them replaced, I had, you know, like temporaries in and one of the temporaries fell out when I was at a nightclub oh, no. for a Christmas party. And so, yeah, that was oh. dreaded couple of days there <laughs> why did someone once tell me they said oh you've got something on your tooth that makes it look like it's not there and I'm like that's because it's not <laughs> the biggest piece of spinach on your tooth <laughs> and we were eating pasta at the time there was no spinach or anything so I don't know what it was that would have made it look like there wasn't anything there but oh, anyway <laughs> that's funny yeah yes. there you go so I think we might call it there but I wonder if you could close us out with just like a minute or so of a guided meditation, just something to see off our afternoon. Absolutely. Or whatever time of day you're listening to this. Yeah. Just don't be driving right now. Maybe just pull over. <laughs> Save it for later. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. No, we can certainly do that. That'd be a nice way to end. So just coming to get comfortable where you are, wherever you may be. Even if you're just standing, maybe you're in the kitchen just finishing up cooking or whatnot, just lean up against the bench. Just take a moment. And if you like, just taking a few deep breaths in and out through the nose. might even like to sigh those breaths out through the mouth if you feel like there's anything you need to let go of. And as your breath begins to flow back into its natural rhythm, just checking in with yourself, noticing what's here with you, any physical sensations. just smoothing out all the major and even the minor muscles just smoothing out tension where you can it can be helpful to focus on the forehead the shoulders hands and the belly, just these places where we hold a lot of tension, just seeing if you can let that go.
And then coming back to take a few deep breaths once again. And as you do, you can bring some gentle movements back into your body. Begin to transition back into your day, your evening, wherever you may be. Lifting your gaze when you're ready. (laughs) (laughs) I went deep then. It's hard for me to not go deep because I close Mm. my eyes when I practice and I'm like, oh, hang on, we're a bit time restraint. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I like to teach meditation as well. I just kind of close and go in in and (laughs) forget to say such things. But it's okay because the silence is good. That's it. That's it. Space is key. Space is key. Well, thank you so much, Vivian, for that last few minutes, but also for the chats today. It's been really nice to just find out a little bit more about you. We'll link the course for August and your Insight Timer links and anything else we must know about Vivian in the bio or whatever that thing is, the description (laughs) of what this the podcast and um yeah if you have any questions by all means reach out to the studio and Vivian and see you around soon. Yeah, see you at the uh yin and chats, depending on when this comes out. But uh yeah yeah, that might have happened by the time this comes out. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you at the course. (laughs) We'll see you at the course in August. Thank you. Thank you.